Today, we're very excited to have Matt Ryder, sales genius, sales extraordinaire. <laughs> those are all, those are all true, true statements. Yep. So, uh, from, yeah. from Sales Sniper and 7th Level Communications. And what we're going to be talking about today, I thought it would be really interesting, would be rather than kind of going into sales too deeply, because people can sort of check out all of your content to see that, it'd be really to talk about how you have blown your business up to the extreme degree that you have, particularly in the last 18 months. What I have noticed is that you didn't have much of a social presence before then at all. And then all of a sudden you have this insane brand where people are kind of majorly part of this almost like tribe where, you know, it's calling out people like Dan Locke and there's all sorts of Not stuff. a cult. It's for sure not <laughs> yeah. a cult. Just, yeah. Um, I'll mention that word. One of the craziest things I ever saw was someone went into your group and literally did like a, a share of like a, a pitch and everyone just like tore them to shreds. And it was really <laughs> interesting to see that the culture in your community is obscenely good. And I think it probably a lot of it comes down to you just being you. But I, I kind of wanted to just start off with that, with you kind of talking a little bit about how this process has gone for the last 18 months. Yeah, for sure, man. So like sort of came up as a commissionally sales guy and then, you know, kind of did all the stuff and then started, uh, it really all started with sales mentor, to be honest. I never did the course, but like I did that yep. $97, 21 day sales challenge. Funnels, yeah. And yeah. And like, I just won all the awards. Like I tripled <laughs> everybody's numbers. And then from there, like Taylor Welch started taking notice into who I was and started yep. going, who's this guy? Then Eli was like, who the fuck's this guy? And then I got into like, started talking with Eli and then he yep. introduced me to Jeremy and all of a sudden, like kind of the rest is history. But mm. like my whole point, like as soon as I started to realize, I was like, well, I really enjoy doing sales. I like doing sales, but I'm kind of like, I'm a business guy. Like I don't want to be the guy that's always doing the work. I want to be the guy who's expanding the vision. That's like what I like to do. Yeah. So I was like, well, I might, I might as well just kind of like get other people as good at sales as I am, hopefully better. Like that's the plan. Mm-hmm. If I can have like 20 dudes who are better than me, I'll be a fucking billionaire. Like no doubt about it, right? So, um, is anyone in your team better than you yet, Matt? Um, there, I would say there are a couple of guys that are pretty close. Like Marco is better than me at some things. Okay, but I have English as my first language. Yeah, right. So I have a I have a better vocabulary than he does. <laughs> so my ability to persuade is a little bit better, I think. But he's more willing to stay in the saddle than I am. Like he's ruthless. Yeah, right. And like Will Odoms, he'll do 50, 60k this month in comms straight commissions as a commissionary sales guy. His follow-up is the best I've ever seen. The best objection handler we have is Josh Sweetums. He's better than me at objection handling. But I would say like my overall is still probably better as an overall than most of the, than anyone yeah. else. But I think within the next three months, they'll probably be better than me. <laughs> but that's the plan, right? Like I'm that's the dream. That's the dream. You, you exactly. don't want to be the best in your business. You want people to grow without you, right? Yeah. Exactly. I want, to, I want to make them so good. They have all the opportunity to treat them so well, they never go anywhere. Right. So, and, and so like my, my thought when it came to like my external branding, I was just like, well, I tried a bunch of different times to like do things the way that other people were doing it. And I was like, oh, this is working really well for this guy. I'll try this. And I just got really fucking sick of it because I was like, I'm doing shit that I don't like. This is gay. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I was like, I'm going to not listen to anybody. And I'll just do whatever I want. I'll do in the mediums that I enjoy doing them in. I'll do it how I want. I'll say what I want. And I'll just have one key focus, which is if you know who I am, you will get better at sales just for knowing my name. That's it. That was my entire strategy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, also, I'll just outwork everybody. So like YouTube is really hard. I was like, well, if YouTube is really hard, then no one's going to be bothered doing it. So I'll just do it. Podcasts are fucking laborious. And you get no feedback for like a year, right? Like none. So most people give up after a year. So I was like, sweet, I'll just never stop. Same with like, or just all other forms of like social media content. Like shooting lots of videos is hard. It, it's tedious. It takes time. There's no immediate financial benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So like those are all the difficult things that I'm happy to do because I want to build something long-term instead of just kind of like being a fly-by-night coach. Yeah, it's it's investing, right? You know, like yeah. a lot of people invest in property, a lot of people invest in their education, but you're investing in your business. You understand that if you build a good foundation and if you work on your skill set and if you keep showing up every single day, you're going to get to the outcome that you want. 
Yeah, and we just got awarded the ten, the two comma X award, the ten million. We just got awarded that. Nice. That, 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 that like that's in the mail, right? Yes. And like I've been using ClickFunnels for fucking fifteen months. Is that with <laughs> is that with Sales Sniper or with Seventh Level? Uh, seventh Level. Okay, man, that's legit. Uh, you, you, you beat, you beat yeah. We don't we don't use ClickFunnels for Sales Sniper, so. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have any funnels. Like we just we sell the closing code. It's like fifty bucks a week. You know what this means though? It means that we're going to be going to Nashville together and partying in Nashville when we go park like our woods. Yeah, are you are you are you going to this one? You can't, right? Not this one. We'll be going. Yeah, next one. Next one. We should get the twenty five next one next year. We'll get the twenty five yeah. award. But yeah, so because we've got the same funnel, it's just the one funnel. Yeah, so like we've grown really really quickly yeah. and like. I think that that the the resonance of just being like I'm not trying to be anybody else, and like mm. I just don't care if people don't like me. Like it's fine. Mm. I'd rather have a, a a group of people that like love me. I'd rather have like a small group of people that really like what I things I have to say than mm. like a large group of people that sort of don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's sort of the mentality. I, so I would agree. Like, I feel like Matt, there's a there's a part about your personality where people who just don't care what people think, and it comes across as very polarizing. And it's very, very strong at creating a brand because what happens is you immediately repel some people and you attract mm-hmm. others. And it was really funny because I think it was last year I told you this story, but I sent like four of our salespeople to check out some of your stuff. And three of them came back and were like, dude, that was insanely good. And the other guy was like, that guy's a total prick. I never want to listen to anything of his again. And and you just laughed and were like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But That's kind of how like, I've always been, to be honest. Like a yeah. relatively polarizing person because like- yeah. I just like I like I I made peace with who I am a long time ago, and yeah. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Nor do I really care to be. So it's yeah. like I have good friends, I have a hot wife, I have a good business. Like I don't need you. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing fine. So yeah. like if you want to be a part of the journey and hop on the train, fucking get on it. Or if you want to be in front of it, like I don't care. Just fucking get run over. That's your current close. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I do. I, I close people these days in ruthless ways. Like oh, I can sell for you or against you. It's up to you. And like these days, we have enough clout to where that actually means something. Yeah, <laughs> like it wouldn't have meant anything six months ago or a year ago. But yeah, like it just be be me. And like I think like that works really well as long as I think you you have a genuinely good per- like purpose. Like I'm not greedy. I'm not like I'm pretty ethical. Like I have a pretty strong ethical boundary of what we're willing to do and mm-hmm. like how we conduct our business. I pay my people extraordinarily well. Like I think like there's six guys on profit shares in Sales mm-hmm. Sniper who have like pretty significant profit shares, which allow me to have the mobility to do whatever I want. So it means like I have a team of people who I trust really, really well and who execute what yeah. I want really, really precisely. And that's how we've been able to grow such a big business in such a short period of time. Like last month we did 1.98 million cash yeah so like we've been able to to do that quickly because like i'm very like the guys who are attracted to me to work with me or like they it's full trust because they know mm-hmm. that i'm it's complete transparency and i want the best for them same with the guys that we work with and our coaching clients like i want the best for them so i'll do what mm-hmm. i think i need but i've also like if you have bad breath like i will tell you you have bad breath <laughs> you know like do you have people? Because I mean, you guys, you have you guys have some of the best salespeople online in the online space. Let's let's be honest about that. So, do you have people who come in who try to poach your sales staff on a regular basis? Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You like, obviously pay well. You've you've inspired loyalty. So, you know, how do you go about that process when it occurs? What does it look like? Oh, like I'm fine with it. Like as long as they're not like clients of ours if clients of ours try and steal my sales guys like yeah like like circumvent me it's a ruthless cutting off of it's your diaries are off and i won't even tell you big problems yeah yeah it's like you're you're i'll destroy the front end of your business yeah because like i'm pretty integral in a business like i we work with the marketing team we help dial in the paid ads we help dial in the organic stuff we even work with a lot of content creation. We bring in our guys to specialize. Plus, I have a sales team and a setter team in there. If you mm-hmm. try and do something unethical in business, like really ethically poor, I'll just turn it off. Like, so it's it really doesn't benefit anybody to do that. I've done it once. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, like I, we have such an open line of communication with our clients that, like, if we are going to part ways, like it's usually very mutually beneficial. In the business that I run in the done for you sales component, there comes a time in a lot of businesses where they want to uh, internalize their sales. 
right? So a lot of the times the people that we work with, like they come to us at a particular time in business where they're yeah. the bottleneck, mm-hmm. right? We'll then take them to say from a hundred thousand a month, we'll take them to four or 500,000 a month. Then they're making enough money to where it would actually be a lot cheaper for them to internalize the process yeah. and hire all the management. Right. But that's just the normal part of my business. That's a natural attrition that I'm fully prepared for. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I can see it coming. I usually aid in the transitional process and I usually sell them things to make that transition easier. And then I get a referral to replace them. Like it's a very simple structure. Right. So I'm totally fine with it. And sometimes they'll ask if they can take one of the sales rooms with them. Right. Now, I don't think I own anyone. So like I'm like, well, hey, like I would obviously don't want that to happen. But like, if that's the best thing for them, then that's the best thing for them. Yeah. So like recently, we just finished working with one of our like long-term clients for that exact reason. It was like, hey, I'd love to take this guy. Now, he wasn't the main closer. He was like one of the sort of mid-tier guys. So I was like, hey, dude, listen, if that's what he wants to do, I'm totally happy with it. And I was like, high fives all around. We move out. Mm. He's in there. He's going to make a lot of money. It's fine. I'm happy with it. So like, as long as everyone's happy and everyone's being treated well, then it's cool. Yeah, I don't own anybody. <laughs> I don't have the rights to anybody. So, <laughs> with the growth that you guys have had in a, in a short period of time, I mean, your systems and SOPs would have had to have worked pretty damn hard to keep up with that sort of growth. So, like, who are you? Like, for you and James, you know, your business partner. Like, who are you? Who do you guys have as your mentors or your inspirations in terms of not only sales but also the business and all that kind of stuff? So. With business, like I took on a business partner pretty early who's like a, a very, he's, he exited from his business, basically retired at 40, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a, a very good business acumen. So I have a monthly meeting with him. His name is Barry. He's a great dude. Fucking makes a ton of money. Does nothing, surfs all day. Killing cool. him, right? Second of all is uh, I spend money like it's water. So I have a guy called Spencer Burnett from Brain Jam. I've acquired like seven different businesses over the last four or five months. So yeah. Like I'd say the port, my portfolio does about 50 million a year, Mm -hmm. I'd say, right. Um, In terms of like the businesses that I own. So like strategic acquisition was a big part of the the growth because like guys who I knew could provide things, I basically bought into their businesses and then got discounted services for them to do the things that I want to do within our business. Right. And then grew that business. So kind of, and then sell that to a lot of our clients. So Spencer Burnett from a business called Brain Jam. Is a fucking savant at systemizing. Like, so our business is super systemized. So I, I essentially am like the, I'm running seven businesses right now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just do it with a weekly meeting. So I have seven yeah. weekly meetings and we go over. Sales Sniper and Seventh Level are a few more than that because they're very, I'm obviously heavily, heavily involved in that. Then what I've done is I've, cre- I've uh, created an internal promotion structure for people to have, like, uh, they have, on our accounts and on the acquisitions that we have, our senior sales reps, they take over senior management positions for certain accounts. And then they become like responsible, like the project managers for those accounts and they get cut into that deal. Right? So like if I sell out, like let's, say I, 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 let's say I bring on systems by design, I take 30% of it, I get it up to sell in three years for $25 million, right? Whatever, right? Mm. They would then have a stake in that to where we sell for $25 million like they would get 6% of that, whatever the fuck, right? So like they're heavily incentivized to make it work because that's the intent of the like agreement. Some of them are like liquidity events agreement where like they are designed to sell. Some are cash flow agreements where they're going to be long-term businesses that just provide good cash flow, right? So like, again, there's different ways to do that, but it's about like providing res- uh, systems of responsibility for, for people to be able to step up in because like really good sales guys rarely are happy to stay really good sales guys. They, they want to go to the next level, the next step. So it's about being able to provide them with a platform to be able to do that. And responsibility is a really good thing for people who yep. want to grow. Yeah. I hope that made sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like, I mean, I've seen a, uh, a Dan Pink YouTube thing on that. You know, he's that guy who does a lot of social experiments and he was talking about the things that motivate people being growth, autonomy, and our purpose. And it's kind of pretty aligned to what you said. Like money will get you so far. And it's all about having enough money that you don't need to worry about money. That's what most employees are happy with. Yeah. Uh, and I think salespeople are more motivated. Good salespeople are far more motivated than most employees, you know, so they need even more. 
Yeah, you've got to really manage it because like, like if you as a business owner and if you're watching this and you're at that point where you're starting to like, you know, if you guys are using the, the methodologies that uh, AP and AG are teaching you, then you should start to reach the point soon, if not reach it, where you're the bottleneck, right? Like you're the guy doing mm-hmm. the sales, you're doing the marketing, doing the delivery, and then you've got to make the choice. Do I outsource sales? Do I outsource marketing? Do I outsource delivery? Which one do I do, right? And so that's a choice that you can make depending on what you like. Right. But if you get a good sales guy, like that person will just leave the moment they get a better offer if you don't provide a career pathway for them mm-hmm. to be more. Now, whether that's like under your branding or whether it's even under a separate branding that you are part of, there's so many ways to handle that situation. But if mm. you find someone who's really good, don't pigeonhole them in that one position just because it benefits you financially. Yeah. That's how you have a constant churn of. So pretty much, you know, what you're saying is like always having opportunities available for your staff members so they can progress so that they're never locked in one single, you know, situation and just selling for you because that's how they'll, you know, you're going to get massive churn. Yeah. Or at least it like some people might be happy there and they might just want more money. So it's like you have a pathway for them to make more money based on bonuses or whatever, right? But some people, they need the career pathway. So I just hired a full-time career manager, internal career manager, like I guess an HR, I don't even know what the fuck to call him, but super experienced guy in his 60s, right? To have weekly and monthly meetings with all of our staff, of which there are like 86, right? To be able to like figure out who we need to pipeline for like long-term career, like who is going to be internal as a sales sniper in 10 years, who is not, and who has the intention of starting their own business and how can we support that and take a cut of it, right? Yeah. Because like, if they're going to start their own thing based off what I've taught them, I'd rather help them do it and then take a percentage of it and be a part of it. You know what I mean? And, and so like, and, and, and how do we make sure that people are hitting their goals? How do we make sure people are debt-free? How do I make sure guys who are 23 years old making $40,000 a month are not blowing it on hookers and cocaine, right? Because that doesn't help anyone, you know? So, and that's the situation some of our guys are in. They fucking, they just get really good. They're making tons of money and they're super young. They're going to fuck it up, right? So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that those guys that we have a plan in place to be able to identify some of those things. Yeah. Just spend loads of money. Spend as much money as you can on the people in your in your organization, like even if it seems ridiculous, if you invest in your team, like they'll stick around, they'll work really hard for you and they'll be amazing to work with long-term. Like you might forego some profits, yeah, you know, but like at the end of the day, what do you, depends on what you want to do, right? So, yeah. So Matt, speak, I mean, this is a slight change of topic, but speaking about sort of spending money, this becomes super relevant for people in our community who, you know, sort of, terrified of basically making an initial investment into business coaching, right? Uh, I know you've said many a time and I've seen it, you definitely buy how you sell, which is aggressively. So you see something you want and you do it, right? We've done the same. I think I calculated the other day, we've done about nine mentor programs in the last four years. So we've spent a lot. We see something, if something makes sense for us, we'll lean into it hard. I, I know that your story, like you, I've heard you say before, your initial story when you very when you had your very first business coach, it wasn't an easy decision, right? It wasn't. I did it very quickly, but it wasn't easy. So I think some yeah. people mistake with like the speed in which I did it, <laughs> the ease of the decision, right? Yeah. But it's like a Band-Aid. Like, it's like you got two types of people, the people who walk into a cold pool slowly and the people who dive in. The people who walk in slowly tend to get halfway, their balls hit the fucking water and they, they back out. <laughs> people who dive in, you're there. You just got to deal yeah. with it now, right? And yeah. there's no in between. And so, like for me, like I was, uh, I was a gym owner of a mm-hmm. relatively unsuccessful gym, mm-hmm. right? I was working really, really hard, doing a whole bunch of stupid shit. I look back yeah. on it, and I didn't have any skills in sales, didn't have any skills in marketing. I knew how to train mm-hmm. people. I'd, I'd done the whole Poliquin thing, level three, whatever it yeah. was, and then it was like learn more, earn more. It's like okay, no, right, <laughs> right. Learn how to sell, make more money. Learn how to market, make more money. Learn how to fucking get people to do a better squat doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right. So like be good at your job, but there's a huge curve to that. Yeah. Right. So I went to this, like it was, uh, went to this the guy was, this guy was doing a nationwide, uh, sem- seminar circuit about like how to get a hundred leads per month in your fitness business. I was like, well, that would solve my problems. That's kind of what I thought at the time. So I went there and I was like, okay, uh, went to this seminar. I nearly didn't even go. Cause it was late at night. I was fucking tired. My wife was like, don't be a pussy. Just go. Like you've, you've said you're going to go. 
So I got there anyway, presented all the facts, the figures, the numbers, and this guy made sense and he looked like he knew what he was doing. He had done it before. He had the proof. And I was like, fuck. And then he goes, it's six and a half grand for eight weeks. I was like, fuck. I had negative money, like yeah. negative. I, I think I had about negative 60,000 bucks at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'd got a business <clears throat> overdraft at 18% interest for 90 grand to be able to fund the opening of the gym. Right. And so I was like, oh, fuck like that. So I went out, called my dad, did the whole thing. It's like, basically, he said, uh, do you think it'll work? And I go, well, yeah, I think it'll work. And he goes, then, like, if you're not going to back you, who is? And I was like, oh, fuck, good point. He was like, do you have the money? I was like, fuck, no, I don't have the money. <laughs> I was like, but I can get access to it. I have credit facilities. I can probably, you know, I can, whatever, I can figure it out, right? Like you can look around if you're in your house right now, look around. There's three grand worth of shit you can sell on Facebook Marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. Here it just is, mm-hmm. right? So then I went in and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Here's my credit card. Put half down, whatever it was. And then like half and 30, to, you know, third down, third down, third down. If you're cool with that, I'll do it. I had a business partner. Didn't tell him, didn't ask him, right? And my wife, my girlfriend, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she didn't tell her either. Came home. My wife was like, yeah, cool. Like, whatever you need. Like you're, you're obviously you believe in it enough to put yourself in a shitty position. So fucking give it a go. Right. Also for me, I was like, I'm already in like 60 K debt. What's another six and a half. Like if you're going to eat shit. Don't nibble. Right. Like just fucking get in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and then I went the next day to my business partner. I was like, Hey, congratulations. I just signed us up to a course that we can't afford. So we better figure out how to um, make this work. He lost his fucking shit. Like lost it. What the fuck? Mm. Get a refund. I was like, no, I was like, mate, we've been doing the same shit for three months with no different outcome. What do you want to keep doing more of the same shit to get the different outcome? Like, this mm-hmm. is ridiculous. We don't know how to do this. Yeah. Let's just learn. And so I basically like, I, it was an eight week course. I consumed the entire thing in 72 hours, got ads up by 96 hours, right? Made my first sale that next day. I made mm-hmm. 80 sales that month. Didn't know how to sell. This is back when you could just put up a Facebook ad and like you get fucking 7,000 leads for a dollar, right? Do you guys remember the time where you could change the copy after it got approved? You guys remember (laughs) that shit? That was the dream. I would just put up, uh, come here for fun and fitness and then it would get approved and change it to lose 10 kilos guaranteed. kind of shit, right? Raucous, raucous shit. But anyway, that's how it worked back then. And then, and then, so I made, and then I ended up going into business with that guy which worked well and didn't work well anyway. So ended up sort of doing some more courses with that guy. He asked me to go into business with him and then the rest was history. But yeah, like that, it was just, I learned that day. I was like, oh, okay. Like if I put myself in a position where I have to succeed and I just fucking head down, do the work, then I'll probably be okay. So the next thing I did was like a retreat with that same guy. It was like 20,000 bucks for a retreat in Thailand. And I was like, okay, I'll go to that. Like, this seems like a good move. Five days, fucking in Thailand, sell some shit. Well, good. Learn some stuff. The next thing, I did a sales training course with you guys probably know him, Gulliver, right? Yep. Fucking yep. Ra, Thor the Sales Warlord, right? Learn some super hard closing tactics, which, you know, I don't use very often, but it's nice yep. to know, right? It's nice to know how they work. Next thing I did after that <clears> was a shit business coaching course for 25000 Fucking garbage. But I learned like two things. So yep. it was worth it in the long run. At the time, I was pissed. Years later, I was like, you know what? That's probably a good lesson. Plus, I learned some things that I used later on. Next thing I did, I think I did a couple other like small courses. And then I did a sales mentor. And I did Eli's program. And I did NEPQ. And I paid $40,000 to Jeremy to do one-on-one coaching. And since then, I bought like fucking shitloads of courses, right? But, What's the best one you've um, ever done? Oh, the Jeremy one was the best. Mm-hmm. Like that took my personal income to over a hundred grand a month in four yeah. months. I went from about 20 to a hundred like that because that dude's a fucking savant. He is. Yeah. His, and, and his, and his communication style really gelled with mine. So mm-hmm. I understood how to like unpack what he was doing. And I, and I was able to systemize it very quickly. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple of really good courses as well. Like, yeah, Matt, like I recently uh, signed John Penberthy's course. I recently signed up to his. Yeah. It's a, like he's a YouTube advertiser. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to ask you, I want to pick your brain about this here. So I know that the way that a lot of people think about this, especially when you're a, you know, fairly broke personal trainer who's struggling in an industry that usually isn't financially very well off, right? Your first business mentor is pretty 
fucking scary because obviously you're investing money that you may not have. Now, most people get on those calls or make, get into that decision-making process and they say, what if, what if I fail? It seems pretty clear though that you don't say that. So, I mean, like, you know, how do you process that? Well, I mean, yeah, what if you fail? Like, like okay, you're going to fail anyway, first of all. Like, you are failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you, like, if you're not where you want to be, then you have failed, right? Which mm-hmm. is fine. It's just a thing that people go through. I fail all the time. You guys have failed. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are things that have gone well, things that haven't gone well. It's like, but if you live life with the constant, like, oh my God, what if I fail? It's like, then mm-hmm. don't leave your house ever. What if you get hit by a bus? What if you fucking die? What if you get shot in the face? Like, there's so many things that can happen to us. Like, if we live life based off yeah. like the inevitability of failure, we're just, we're only ever going to make decisions that keep us exactly where we are because like the risk mitigation is different. The risk that I like, the, the risk that I think about is like, what is the risk of never achieving the goal? So it's like, fuck, what if I never figure out how to achieve that goal? Not if I, oh, what if I fail? It's like, well, yeah, man, but you might fail three times, but like at least yeah. you gave it a fucking crack, you know? Like not everything that I've done has succeeded. Like I've yeah. failed. Like when my first son was born, right? My son's five. Like, dude, me and my wife used to argue about buying him $4 t-shirts. Like I've been fucking broke, broke. Broke, broke, broke. Like for a long time because I just worked really, really hard and I like didn't put myself in the correct situations and I didn't learn the skill sets that I needed. And I, I was just kind of bouncing around lots of different things. I was a bit lost, right? Uh, I never really, I never really put a hundred percent effort into any one thing. I was always like spreading myself over a bunch of different things that never really accumulated. And it wasn't until I decided an active decision to go, I'm going to fucking laser focus and I'm going to absolutely smash the guts out of this thing. And I was like, that's when everything started to change. And it, and I changed away from like, how do I mitigate risk to how do I make sure I achieve the goal? Yeah. Well, there's still a risk. It's just about what you see as the inherent risk. I mean, the biggest risk in your mind is that you don't achieve the goal, right? And then obviously mm-hmm. you don't have the lifestyle that you want. And then you don't have that fulfillment, freedom, happiness, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's the big, that's the big sort of, you know, aha moment here is that the more people I've got around, you know, uh, in this space who are doing really well, it sounds like you're making a sales pitch. Hey, just buy stuff, you know, we've got a course to sell, but it's not about that. I mean, people who are successful, they lean into things with a lot more, you know, aggression and enthusiasm, because usually what it is, is that they back themselves to be successful. Mm. If they know that other people have used that system and been successful, they back themselves to succeed and they back themselves to do the work and they back themselves to ask the questions, you know? And it's like the people that tend to struggle are the ones that they really obsess about the what ifs from a negative perspective, because ultimately that prevents them ever you know, learning the right things, meeting the right people, trying the right things, you know, having a couple of failures, but ultimately getting getting to the, the goal. Yeah, exactly. So I think like a lot of people, they don't actually genuinely consider what happens when they succeed, mm-hmm. right? Like what is the actual tangible and emotional benefit of achieving your goal? What yeah. does it feel like from an associative and a dissociative level? So how do I feel when I achieve X? Like if you're, if you're here right now and you're like, if you want to get to 10K, 10K a month is always like a number, right? It's like 10K, then it's 30K, then it's 50K, then it's 100K. Those are like the numbers that people, the milestones people want to achieve. So like if you're, I want to get 10K a month, it's like, okay, if I want to think right now, what do I get? What can I do that I can't do at 10K a month? Like for me, years and years ago, when I was working with Travis, right? One of the most powerful things I ever did was like, what's your perfect lifestyle? So like 10 or 11 years ago, I figured out my lifestyle was going to cost me $880,000 a year. I figured that number out, never forgot it. And that life was like, it was very specific. It was the schools my kids are going to. I didn't have kids. It was like kids, schools, cars, house, lifestyle, travel, restaurants. And I was like, fuck, that cost me that much a year. I now have basically that exact life. It took me about 11 years to figure it out. But I always had that particular vision. And now it's different. Like now I'm like, okay, I've achieved that. I want this now. You know what I mean? So, and, and I make more than that. Like, so it's like I can achieve the next sort of strata of, of what I want to be able to achieve, right? But it's like I had a very, very clear vision. And then I was like, okay, how do I feel when I'm there? And more importantly, how would I feel if in 10 years time I was exactly where I am now? 
And what would the day-to-day ramifications be of that? And what would I miss out on having never done that? And it's like, that's what gives you the urgency to like push forward, drive, and just fucking go for it and back yourself 100%. Because dude, like if you're not going to back you, then who the fuck will? Like if you're like, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. It's like, fuck, stop being a pussy and just try. Like Jesus Christ, like just give it a crack. If you fail, fuck, you probably learned some stuff. You know, and maybe you learned that you don't actually want it that bad and you should go and get a job. Like, which is not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a thing. If everybody wanted to be me, the world would be a fucking nightmare. Right? Like, it would be horrendous. And yep. uh, not everybody can be rich. Not everyone can be a billionaire. Exactly. You know, but not everybody wants to be. And yeah, that's actually something that I figured out only recently. And a mentor of mine said, like, I get frustrated when people aren't as ambitious as me, right? That's ridiculous because I didn't realize, and this is a genuine statement, ever since I was a little kid, I would see private planes, boats, I would see giant houses that are worth a billion dollars. And I go, oh, I can't wait to buy that. I've always said it. I was like, oh, I can't wait. And I only found out like six months ago that people don't think like that. They go, wouldn't it be nice to be able to? I've always said, oh, I can't wait to be able to buy that. That'll be sick, right? I've always just assumed that that's how everybody thought. And mm-hmm. so like, I, if I put my ambition on other people, it's not what they want. Like, it's fine. My ambition isn't better. It's just different. Like, mm-hmm. if you talk to James Kant, he's fucking jacked out of control. Like, if he was, like, I don't want to be that jacked. I have no desire, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Desire. yeah. I just want to, I just want to not be fat. That's like, that's my, that's my happy. Right. If, but if he went at it with like the assumption as a coach that everybody had wanted to be as jacked as him, he would lose his fucking mind. Right. So, like, you can't let, like, I can't let my ambitions like dictate my frustration with people. I have to just work with their ambitions and then I do my thing, they do theirs, and everyone's happy. Like, it's a very, I only recently realized that I used to, it actually saved me a lot of heartache and hassle because people used to be like, I want an eight figure business. And I'd be like, okay, you want to do that? okay, let's get fucking dirty because we're going to have to work and they weren't willing to do it. And I was like, oh, they don't actually want it. I get it. Okay. I can back off now, <laughs> right? They want a lifestyle business, which is fine. It's great. Make, make half a million dollars a year and fucking go kill it. Super happy, right? So yeah, anyway. So the life lesson I learned recently. So. It almost sort of sounds as like, because this is the thing is like with, with, with you, I mean, there's like a normal sort of mindset and then it's just kind of like your circuit just tripped at some point and you're kind of a little bit different uh, having said that though, that's really worked out in your favor. And I'd say for anybody that didn't necessarily have that mindset, you know, as a natural thing, it's certainly possible to model people that are successful. And a lot of people do this, you know, even for myself, I speak to both you guys and I know naturally it's far more common for you guys, you know, ever since I've known both of you to be far more comfortable with risk. Whereas like the way that we got started, G said to me, look, we're going to work with Charlie Valor. Trust me, this guy's legit. You know, you know Charlie well. He's an absolute savage. I mean, anyone he works with crushes it. And that's why he doesn't take on clients anymore. (laughs) So, but, you know, it was $33,000 for the first year and we just didn't really have the money. And so, of course, I was like absolutely fucking terrified. We flew out to Bali to this event and I watched him speak and I was like, damn it, this guy's so good. I've got to lean in. And, and for me, I mean, really, if I can look at any pivotal moment in my life, besides deciding to go online with G, working with Charlie was probably the number one. I mean, in terms of like something that just changed everything, because if we didn't work with him, I think we would have messed so much stuff up. I mean, we were basically making so many mistakes and he just identified them straight away, changed our mindset and decision-making. And, and it was just really that, that one thing, like that moment of fear goes and just basically pushed me out of the plane with my parachute on and I had to learn, learn how to basically, you know, how to fly from there afterwards. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a great thing. I think, you know, a lot of people, they spend too much time trying to figure out like they got to hold on to one vine before they get the next. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith. Like, yep. it's like the getting out of the army was similar, right? A lot of people are financial hostages to the military. That's the only reason why they stay in, right? In my line of work, I was special forces. Like I was paid, my salary was about 140. I would say on a deployment year, I get about 250 yeah. tax free, right? That's so much so higher than I thought it would be. I was special forces. So yeah, right. when I was a sniper, I had, I had SF allowance, danger allowance, sniper yeah. allowance, like sort of stacked. I was getting made more than like a colonel Crazy. Right? as a fucking digger. So I was just skilled up. So like, but like, you know, all of a sudden you buy a couple of investment properties, 
You got the mortgage, you got a kid, you're fucking, you're an idiot. So you bought two Malus, right? When you got them from fucking a couple of SSs, right? And all of a sudden you have like this high monthly nut and it's really scary to leave. Like I could not physically survive on my army wage. Not even close. My bills are so much higher than that. It's terrifying, right? Like that wouldn't cover my mortgage, mm. right? So like I just took a fucking leap of faith because I was like, ah, I'll figure it out. I'm pretty capable, you know? And so I think like a lot of people are always waiting to grab onto the next thing. Whereas like, I think some, some stage you just got to trust yourself and be like, and just fucking get the parachute, pack it, put it on open on the way down. Yeah, because like the motivation's there. Whereas if you're yeah. constantly sitting in this like comfortable area, like comfort is a breeding ground for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're really comfortable sitting there and you got your fucking snuggling on and you know, something happens, you can't be fucked moving. But if someone lights that house on fire, you're going to fucking run out of that bitch. Like it's going crazy. And like, you're not going to get to the front door and stop. Like you're going to run. Right. Yeah. And whenever you see that guy in business, that's like, what the fuck is that guy doing? You're like, that dude has figured out or that chick has figured out what she's running away from and what she's running towards. And like those dual motivations are like, man, that mm. person's terrifying. Look at someone like Hermosi. Bro, that guy's a fucking savage. Yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> like, what is that guy running from? Like, that's what <laughs> I don't know. Like, what happened to him as a child that has scarred him so badly that he is just fucking, I will be the greatest at everything ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to see those people. He's jacked, great relationship, yeah. billion dollars. You know, incredible I mean? moustache. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> great long flowing hair. So. Imagine that thing. He's probably scared of earning $5 million a year because it's not enough money to live off. Yeah, but that's the thing that. as well, right? Like, I do things all the time to make myself uncomfortable. Like I, I just booked a Disney holiday for my family where it's probably 120 G's I'm going to spend on that holiday. I would say the fucking, I bought the most expensive suite Disney has. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's a lot of money. And I was like, I wonder how I'm going to figure out how to make that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, sweet. Yeah. Book it. And they were like, yeah, you payments due 30 days out. And I was like, all right, we got to come up with, uh, just for that eight nights, 41,000 US, right? I was like, all right, how am I going to make 41,000 US extra cash in between now and then? Because that's yeah. uncomfortable. I don't want to take it out of savings. I don't want to like, have to liquidate stocks because the market's crushing, right? I don't want it to take out money out and get 6% a month right now. So I'll leave that in there. So how do I do that? So I make myself uncomfortable to give myself a problem to solve, which then drives me forward, gives me new ideas, makes me work harder in my business so that I'm constantly being challenged. Because once you hit a point where you're making like good money, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't need more money. Yeah. It's one of the big reasons that really high entrepreneurs like gambling. I have a friend over in the UK owns a recruitment company. His name's Sam. And, you know, what we constantly talk about, we like to have a bit of a gamble every now and then. But <laughs> Back from my poker days. But like, you know, like there is actually a positive result from losing money at the casino. And the positive result is that you make yourself feel uncomfortable with that loss and then you have to go out and conquer the world again and take over. So yeah. it's it, 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 it's fascinating that you could actually lose money in the casino, which actually results in you making money. Yeah, it's like a friend of mine bought a Lamborghini before he had any business buying a Lamborghini, right? Like, I mean, he wanted a Lamborghini. He was like, Let's fucking go buy one. He has four now. <laughs> and he's super, super wealthy. But he was like, he bought it because he was like, well, I just really wanted one and I figured I would make the money anyway. And I was like, savage, savage, right? So just went out and did it. Like high interest loan, whole box and dice. It just made it work because like he just put himself in a position where he had to succeed. Now I'm recommending everyone goes out and buy a Lamborghini. Fuck no, it's stupid, right? But like doing things to make yourself uncomfortable, like especially if you're a fitness coach, right? If you look at it in terms of like, fitness it's like you pushing yourself to do fitness is is not hard for you it's your passion it's what you enjoy right so the same level of difficulty like for your clients how they're just not motivated you might have a client that is worth a hundred million dollars but cannot fucking motivate themselves to go to the gym regularly and you have to just be on their ass at the time like that's outside of their comfort zone right 
And so like, like they need to become uncomfortable to get the results. So for you, like you might be hyper-motivated in fitness, but you might be shit at being accountable for doing business things. And that's where you need a coach, right? Because that's someone who's been there, done that, takes you to the next level. And someone who can, that's the great thing about working with you guys is you guys are like one of only a couple coaches that actually fucking run a fitness business, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any, I'm sure there are others, but I can't think of, I know Sterling Griffin just got bought out. So he's not, mm-hmm. you got bought out by Michael Chu. Uh, Michael Chu, yeah. Anyway, but there's just not many, right? So like you guys are, and like all of your seven figure award thingies, they're all from your fitness business, not from your business coaching business. Where you look at someone like fucking Tanner, and I'm pretty sure every single one of his awards is from his fitness business, right? Now I don't his fucking business know coaching. From, you mean? Business from yeah, business. I don't. I, yeah, from his business coaching. I don't know that guy from a fucking bar of soap, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't run an eight-figure fitness business, <laughs> right? So, like, you know, learning from someone who's done it, like, that's what gives you. Like, when I went to Jeremy, I, I paid Jeremy forty thousand dollars up front. I had fifty in the bank, mortgage, mm-hmm. two kids. Right. My wife was like, Oh, where did all my money go? I was like, I gave it to a dude named Jeremy. I'm pretty sure it's gonna work out. <laughs> she was like, Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Right. Um and turn it did. It worked out really well because Jeremy's a savage, right? And yeah. but he'd been there, like he made thirty-three million dollars as a commission only sales rep mm. over like a 10-year career. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, man. And he was in three different industries. I was like, dude, that guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So I was like, if I give him money and I model what he's done and I back myself to do the work and I ask the questions and I'm Mm an annoying student, I always aim to be the most annoying student in any course. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I'm going to do it. And also, if you guys are out there, like the worst case scenario of getting a mentor is they end up just being your mentor. Mm-hmm. Like you want to put yourself in a position to where you develop relationships with your mentors so that you can progress down the line with them. Yeah. And maybe you go, Hey G, how about I give you 30% of my business and you do the fucking ads for me? Mm-hmm. And be like, uh, yep. Right. Like, <laughs> like, that, that's something that, right? that only strikes me about you. Like, you know, since I've known you, um, you know, I knew you when you were first really breaking into the, the sales industry and you know, early days, and you're such a incredible, incredible networker. And I'm noticing a theme here in that you hire a mentor, go into business with that mentor, and oh, yeah. it just keeps on moving forward. Yeah, that's the plan. Like mm. whenever I want to do the sales for someone, I buy their program. <laughs> so, like I buy, I buy their program, start to ingratiate myself, ask questions, show them the incredible results that I'm getting. I also like will make them a part of the success, right? And then I'll say, like, I'll actively refer to them as the mentor. Then from there, like when someone is your mentor, like they are immediately emotionally tied to your success. So then you can ask them for favors and they'll do it because like your success is their success. So like with Ryan Serhant, he's a guy in the States, makes a ton of money, very successful, probably like the most successful agent in the US. Real estate, yeah. Like, yeah, real estate agent. He makes fuck tons of money. I pay him to talk to him every quarter. Now I do his sales for him, right? But I pay him like ten thousand dollars every quarter to have an hour long chat, right? And, and it's getting to the point where like now, and I've got a very particular purpose. So if you watch this, but it's like I'm I'm trying to set up a pitch that I want to I want him in on, right? So it's like. Mm. But by talking about the successes of the company that we have had since the time of signing him up as a client, and now it's grown a lot. We got on Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies. We got click, click funnel shit, right? So it's like all that I can tie back to his mentorship. And it's like, I would like to now go into business with you on this, right? So there's like a whole strategy behind like when you get a mentor, like you can really make that person a, a part of your life and you can develop friendships and relationships with people. And then like, I'm a big believer in like, I'd rather have a smaller percentage of something huge than a large percentage of something tiny. So, you know, Jeff Bezos owns 19% Amazon, you know, like, fuck, I'd like to own 19% Amazon. That would be a good thing. Right. (laughs) And I'm sure if he owned a hundred percent of it, it'd be fucking tiny. Right. Mm. So like those relationships become really important and how you conduct yourself in business and wanting the best for everybody and 
Also, when you have key employees and all that kind of stuff, like sharing that love and giving them a piece of the pie, whether it's profit or equity, ESOP, however you want to do that, earnings, buy-ins, fucking, there's so many different ways that you can do that. But yeah, that's kind of what creates a great community within your business. You can grow it. You can spider yourself out. You can be less leveraged against any one thing. And I think partnerships are like, they're the way to go. Yeah, and I can speak highly for that. Like, you know, like with both businesses, whether it's, you know, the fitness business in Australia with AP, like we both have completely, completely different skill sets. And would we be where we are today without him being able to do the sales, manage the team and, you know, me doing the marketing, right? It's... Yeah, then we bring an Iggy, and Iggy's just a fulfillment god. And like, you are like the the best fitness marketer I've seen, and AP's probably the best fitness sales guy I've seen. So it's like between the two of you, it's no surprise you guys are fucking mm. kicking goals. And then you bring an Iggy, you know, who's like a back end systems guy, fucking works, right? Like it's a good deal for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So hey, like you can see, even just looking at the way you and James are so different. I mean, you guys are so completely different in every single way. Nah, yeah. like, I'm six two. Any- looking, <laughs> he's five. He's five three. Ugly as fuck, right? You know, so, but I mean, definitely, like you know, you guys have your different skill sets, and and you know, I think yeah. that's important. Like in a partnership, you've got to be able to complement each other. Uh, there is something like obviously we're, we've been talking for a really good amount of time, but there is something I did want to ask. You know, you guys are probably making a lot of people listen to this uncomfortable because you're both very comfortable with risk, and we talk about gambling, and you know, how do you guys separate your sort of comfort with risk and even your, you know, enjoyment for gambling, right? How do you separate that in business so that you're not making stupid decisions? Because you both have very successful businesses. So clearly you're not making irrational choices. You can go first there, Pete. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't care if I make stupid decisions because I make more good, good decisions than stupid decisions. And then you win. It's pretty much it. It's just a balance. And then, you know, understanding theory, logic, education, research, it's very easy because in gambling, you you know, the odds are stacked against you, right? Mm. Well, this isn't gambling. This is just investing. And if you invest enough times and keep on making correct decisions, there's only one way to go. It's just that yeah. people don't take enough investments. They don't put themselves in enough situations where they have the opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Like if you have all your eggs in one basket, like you got to think like what's more risky? Like, you know, I think there's a, there's a great analogy. See, you know, there's like travelators in like airports, right? Where it's like an escalator, but it's flat. Yeah, it's a great analogy for life because if you're walking, you're standing still. If you stand still, you go backwards, but you have to run to go forwards, like if you're going against it, mm-hmm. right? So if you think of someone, like if you're just walking on one of those things and you're going against it, like you're just going to be standing still, right? Yeah. Stand still. Like a treadmill, yeah. So you got to fucking run. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like for me, when, when, it, when it comes to risk-taking, I definitely will take certain risks right? The risk has to like, there has to be a reason behind it. Right. And then we sit and I go, okay, like, is there a reason why we're doing this? Or are we just doing this for doing this sake? Like I have ideas all the time and we kind of flesh them out and we go, ah, that's fucking stupid. Right. Like I wanted to get Hormozy to coach me. And I was like, how much money am I willing to offer him? And I was like, okay, I'm willing to offer a couple hundred thousand. Right. Because that's probably what I think it'll take. (laughs) Right. So I was like, okay. We're like, okay, we're ready to spend that money. And me and James were like, when? My default was right now. We're like, hang on a second. We have this, 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 and this going on right now. Am I really going to be able to utilize that? No. So that's stupid risk. Right. Because I'm not going to utilize the benefit from doing it because I have so many irons in the fire and he would benefit me way more than. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to bank that. I'm going to revisit that. So it's like, I need to make sure that my risk makes sense in the, when it comes to my grand vision. But like, if you don't have a grand vision, it's impossible to make that decision. So I have a triangle, right? So, and your, your goals can kind of shift. So like what I always try and do is like cash flow, 10-year goal. It's like your BHAG. And then you have like your mission, vision, and values. Right. So I understand the mission, vision, and values of my company very well. That's what we do all of our hiring on. We do everything based off our mission and our vision and the values of the company. Like, how do we want to be perceived? What kind of people do we want? What ethics do we need to conduct ourselves in to make sure that we're doing business in a way in which we're happy? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I get offered <clears throat> deals all the time, but it's just selling scams. Like, yeah. I'm not selling scams. We're too good at selling to do that. It'd just be horrible. 
then it's like cash flow, having a good understanding of the cash flow of the business to make sure that like I can physically handle the burden, right? But that's not a sole determiner because sometimes I'll do things that are outside of our cash flow for a particular purpose. And then we have our BHAG, which is like our 10-year goal. Now that could be a three-year goal or a one-year goal, depending on where you're at in business, right? But I have those three points. Those three points have to align somewhere. And then I have a more important point, which might be one month, it might be cash flow. One month, it might be the BHAG. One month, it might be the ethics and the values. So my decision will be weighted more heavily depending on where we are. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, the top decision is the 10-year goal. So it has to line up with at least two of them. And it always has to line up with ethics. Right? So I go, is this an ethical decision? Does it line up with the values of the company? Let's say we're going to do someone's sales or we're going to go into business. What are they like? Would I have a beer with them? Do they have good ethics? Do they have good client delivery? Can we be like, yeah, I'm a part of this business, right? The next thing is like, does it line up with our cash flow? Can I afford to do this? The next thing is, does it line up with the future vision of the company? Now, if it lines up with vision and ethics, but it doesn't line up with cash flow, I'm probably going to do it, <laughs> right? Because like, it, it, there's a greater good. So I'll take the cash flow hit because I'm moving towards the greater good. If it doesn't line up with ethics, I don't do it ever. If it doesn't line up with our 10-year goal, I don't do it. It's really interesting as a waiting system. Makes sense. Yeah. And like Hermosi says in one of his videos, it's like, it's the girl in the red dress in the matrix, right? Yeah. Like, and like when you're newer in business, like that might be a distraction, like taking on a one-on-one coaching client when you have a group model. Yeah. Right. It's great. Person's going to pay you 500 bucks. It's fantastic. But all it's actually doing is detracting you from your ultimate goal. And the more money you make, the hotter that chick in the red dress gets. So like now people distract me with seven figure deals. And I'm like, boom, mm. that's super juicy. <laughs> right. Like I should do that. And it's like, whoosh. it's like, no. Yeah. Like that's why I don't take on one-on-one coaching clients. Anymore. Like I just don't take them on because I charge a lot of money for one-on-one coaching. Like mm-hmm. the last person that signed up with me was 21,000 US for six sessions. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of money, but like it doesn't, it's not really worth it for me because it doesn't line up with where we're going to be in 10 years. It just makes no sense. Right. But if I have a particular thing I want to pay for, I might take on two or three clients for six weeks, make an extra 30 or 40 grand, use that to pay for something. Right. So I might make a particularly my choice to do something based off the 10 year, the cash flow, all that kind of stuff. So, but you just need to have like a really good system to figure out where you're going and if your decisions make sense. And it has to be like that, an end state. The thing about all of this is like everything you just talked about, you know, some people might perceive that as a risk. You don't view any of that as risk. Do, do you actually, you, you, do you think any of what you've done is it taking a risk? No, no, no. It's just like, does it, yeah. If it gets us in a better position to achieve our ultimate goal, then it's not a risk. It's a risk to not do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. because the ultimate goal is the end point. Like, if I want to, if I want to fucking climb Everest, like mm-hmm. I'm going to climb Everest, and doing the stuff, just doing the work to get to base camp is a big risk because I don't want to mm-hmm. be the fucking dude on base camp looking up, going, "Oh man, I wish I was up there." That would be shit. When I bought my car, I bought the C63 AMG, right? S. Yeah, and great car. The guy tried to get me to buy the C45 AMG or the C43 AMG, the V6 version, the exact same car. One's $100,000 more, one's a V8, one's a V6, right? And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to get the V8. He's like, but it's the same car. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but every time I sit in, if I sit in the V6 and a guy pulls up in the V8, I'd be like, ah, I wish I got the V8, <laughs> right? So I was like, that to me was a risk. And I've done it where I've pulled up next to the guy in the C43 and I'm like, what's up, bitch? Should have got the V8. <laughs> like, like, good luck. You know, so like for me, it's like, I was like, every time I pull up next to the other car, I'm like, worth it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I bet, I bet that's true though. That's the thing. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the way that you sort of justify that value is for you, that's there. And it, I mean, guys, like this is the thing, whenever we talk to you, Matt, when we talk to Jimmy, when we talk to James, you know, I feel like we could chat all day. We do have a couple of questions like Tikus is yeah, uh, asking us a bunch. So other than from paying from all the courses that you've done, like what did you notice is the big difference between them? Like, so like... I guess like we could sort of categorize it as like, what do you see that makes a good course versus a bad course? Uh, I just like to buy from people who have done it. Okay. Right? So like, you know, take their advice, have their life. Like I won't mm-hmm. take business advice, like generalized business, like advice from someone who makes less money than me. 
but I will take very specific advice from people who are better at specific things. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I work with, I work with John Pemberthy. He makes, he makes good money, nowhere near the money I make. He tries to give me business advice. I'm like, right. You give me video marketing advice. I'm like, I will listen to everything you say because you're a fucking genius at it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I think for me, I, I, I like getting advice from specialists. That's yeah. what I like. So I'm just going to finish off with this. Like what's next for, Matt Ryder, sales sniper, seventh level in the next sort of six to 12 months. What's the ambition? So the goal is to have uh, a stake in 32 different businesses. Okay. Right. So the done for you side is pretty cruisy now. Like I don't have much to do with it. Seventh level is pretty good. It's growing. We grow 24% month on month average. That, that'll start to slow down now that we're getting the millions like per month, but like it's all going to slow down, but that's fine. So like all that stuff is really good. For me, it's about like strategic acquisitions. That's really the point. Whether we acquire through cash or whether we acquire through earning. I don't know if you guys know an earning. So if I come to systems and I go, hey, listen, you guys are at, I'm just going to use random figures, 100K a month. When we get to 200K a month, it activates 25% equity for me. Yep. Right. But I'll do, I'll work basically almost for free until I hit that point. Right. So that's what an earning is called. Uh, slightly more complicated when you look at international things, like when you look at the states, the tax law and stuff gets a little bit complicated. But essentially, like that's where the direction of the business is heading because, like, the amount of value that we can provide in both the sales, marketing, operations, staffing, recruiting standpoint is pretty hectic because we've built out like a big machine. Like this business, my business is infrastructured up to 100 million. No joke. Mm-hmm. Like we are so over infrastructured. My payroll is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's hundreds of thousands of. Like I do a million Amex points a month. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, it's keep investing in the company as hard as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And then strategic acquisitions of different businesses to be able to grow the net worth Mm -hmm. of the payout that I want to get when I eventually sell this motherfucker. Okay. So this is, it's funny how, how easy sales conversation can come up in regular chat, but this is basically the question is like, why does any of that shit matter to you? What's your motivators? Uh, for me, man, like I want to create an army of like super wealthy people. So like that all work for me. So I've tell I tell everyone I want everybody to be able to buy a yacht as long as my yacht's the biggest. Everyone's got to be cool with that, right? That's 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 the goal. So like I also I have weird goals. Like I want to spend a million dollars on a Christmas party. Yep, right? I think you've got a Grant Cardone goal as well, right? Yeah, I'm gonna buy Grant's jet. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the GC jet. Keep it GC. Call it 11x. Yeah. Yeah. Or like put a dot like 1.0x. Right. So that's a goal. And yeah, just like I've been recently kind of reevaluating a lot of like the future vision because I hit a lot of my goals uh, in the last sort of six months. So like it's been, and I've been very, very head down doing stuff. But now that I'm kind of like doing a lot of things to remove myself and give myself more mental capacity, because like the more breathing space I have, the more creative I can be. So a lot of my stuff is around content. It's a couple of strategic acquisitions that I really want to get locked in. And then from there, sort of me and my wife are kind of having a look at where we want to be in, say, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on a fucking jet. Like, that's the answer. Like, I'll, I think. I'll be, I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm like 45. Awesome. A Mate. paper billionaire. Not a, probably not a liquid one. Yeah, yeah. Liquid, but maybe mid-50s, like <laughs> but a paper billionaire. Always inspiring, always entertaining talking to you. It's good to see the way people, you know, the funny thing is people probably listen to this and I'm sure some people are going to feel robbed that we didn't talk about sales. And then there's going to be other people that have listened to it and gone, holy shit, you know, because this is where it's really interesting is if you can be a fly on the wall, actually hearing the way someone on your level actually thinks, talks, acts, et cetera, you know, from our, our opinion, that's the most valuable thing that we could have given the audience today. And hopefully, you know, they got a lot out of it. Yeah. Like if you want to learn more about my sales stuff, just, Fucking go anywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Um, where can they check you out? Yeah. You can go to my YouTube channel, Matthew Ryder. I got a podcast called Coffees for Closers. Mm-hmm. Like, if you guys are in fitness, though, like, I'm, I'm going to defer to AP. Like, he's better at fitness zone than I am. So, like, if you're selling fitness, just stick with him. <laughs> to be honest, like, um, I'm much more like generalized or like ROI yeah, yeah. based, like selling. So, like, a lot of this stuff, it transposes fairly well. But like the specifics of fitness selling, you guys are better than me at it. Like I'll just bow down to that. But yeah, if you want like all the other stuff around sales and some of the objection handling stuff that I do, mm-hmm. head to the website, salesnapper.net. There's a free download called the Objection Handling Matrix. It's yeah. a flowchart of how to handle objections. There you go. Yeah. I mean, as far as inspirations for me in sales, you've definitely been one of the biggest. And I think 
you know, what you said is accurate in the sense that the the whole now combination between you and Jeremy and even what Marco is adding into it now, like you guys have, from my opinion, it's the best business coaching or not even business coaching. It's the best general sales process that I know of out of everything at this stage. So as much as I would back our fitness process because of its efficiency and its specificity in that marketplace, I think from a general perspective, if anybody wanted to learn how to sell you know, large products over the phone, you guys are really where they should be going to learn more. Yeah. We have like, we have door knockers that make a hundred grand a month in commissions. Yeah. Like it's stupid and you wouldn't believe it unless you see it happen, but we got door knockers, cold callers, guys selling solar fitness, guys mm-hmm. selling, you know, everything you can imagine. And they're successful at it because it's a tried and trusted system of getting people to buy stuff essentially. But yeah, yeah. you can check that out. There's a great uh, Facebook group that Jeremy runs, me and Jeremy for seventh level called the Sales Revolution. So if you want to check that group out, we do a whole bunch of free stuff in there. All that, all that, all that kind of good stuff. But yeah. Killer, man. All right. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And if you are watching this on YouTube or podcast platforms, please make sure you like and subscribe to the channel and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey!